Welcome, everyone. This is the Council of Institutional Investors Educational Podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm here today with Preeti Chowdhury of the University of Arizona Eller College of Management. Professor Chowdhury is one of the co-authors of a recent research paper entitled Audit Committee Oversight and Financial Reporting Reliability. Are audit committees overloaded? Welcome back, Professor. It's great to speak with you again. Jeff, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Professor, your new research paper asked the question, are audit committees overloaded? So what motivated you to research this question? Thanks for your interest in our research paper, Jeff. We started this project by talking with people we know who serve on various audit committees. We wanted to understand what tasks these audit committee members perform and how they feel about these different responsibilities. We had read in the popular press that many audit committee directors were worried about how drastically their workloads had increased after the passage of Sarbanes-Oxley in 2002. SOX increased board oversight of management with a specific focus on financial reporting. So it's not really surprising that more work fell on the shoulders of directors that sit on audit committees. But as we continue to read about this topic and discuss with audit committee members, we became aware that in many cases, duties continued to be assigned to audit committees that were not directly related to financial reporting oversight. This led us to question whether more oversight and duties is always better. In other words, is more governance always a good thing? We wondered whether giving the audit committee duties that are not tied closely to financial reporting might make it harder for the committees to accomplish their main role, which is, of course, to oversee the financial reporting process. If these duties act as distractors, we thought, we might find evidence of audit committee overload and perhaps weaker financial reporting oversight, like higher rates of material restatement. Clearly, regulators see value in greater oversight of management, mostly via the audit committee. Just look at the regulatory changes affecting audit committees over the last 20 years. But at the same time, we hear practitioners saying, hold on, this is too much. It's not immediately clear if giving more oversight duties to the audit committee is always helping. And we think that answer might depend on the nature of the additional duties. So, Professor, what causes audit committees to be overloaded? And what are some of the negative consequences of overloaded audit committees that should be of concern to investors? Great question, Jeff. To answer that, we need a brief explanation of how we conducted the study. We needed to identify a source of data that accurately captures a historical record of audit committee duties. My two excellent co-authors, Jacob Jaggi at Washington State University and Musab Ashraf at Michigan State University, discovered that between 2000 and 2006, public companies were required to disclose their audit committee charters in SEC filings. The charters are legal documents that describe the duties of the audit committee. And audit committee directors we spoke to confirmed that they take their charters very seriously and carry out all of the duties described within it. So we proceeded to download more than 10,000 of these charters and use them to investigate our question about audit committee overload. To begin with, we read through many of the charters to get a sense of what duties they describe. 
we found that the extent and nature of duties varies quite a bit from one company to the next. Much of the charter content focuses on audit committee's main functions. For example, overseeing financial reporting process, overseeing the external audit, and even internal controls. But some charters focus more on these main duties than others. We also noticed that some duties were not directly related to the audit committee's main functions. One that appeared frequently is oversight of financial risk. To be clear, this duty relates to oversight of real activities and transactions that manage financing issues or volatility in financial performance, like signing derivative or insurance contracts. It doesn't directly relate to the financial reporting of those activities or transactions. And as we researched further, we found that the New York Stock Exchange mandated audit committee oversight over financial risk effective in 2004. We also understood there was quite a debate about whether this change was supported by practitioners. They raised a number of concerns of over-expanding duties and overload. We started our analysis by focusing on audit committee's main financial reporting duties. We found that committees whose charters had greater description of internal control oversight were actually less likely to misstate financial statements. This made sense to us and gave us some more comfort with the data. What we found next was interesting. Companies whose charters had greater discussion of financial risk management oversight were actually more likely to issue misstatements. This finding was a bit surprising, but entirely consistent with practitioner claims that expanding duties was creating overload for the audit committee. We interpret our findings as evidence that assigning non-core duties to audit committees can actually distract them from their main duty of financial reporting oversight. Professor, what factors might exacerbate the negative consequences of overloaded audit committees, and what factors might mitigate those negative consequences? Like you, Jeff, we were interested in understanding if there were factors at play that might exacerbate or mitigate the issue of audit committee overload. In our search for factors that can help reduce the impact of overload, we found that when audit committees are bigger, that is, they had more members, there was more ability to share duties amongst the members. We also found that using an expert auditor tempers the negative consequences of overload, suggesting that monitoring provided by independent auditors might substitute for audit committee oversight. We also identified some factors that exacerbate the issue. For example, when audit committee members are busier with multiple board appointments at other companies, the impact of overload is stronger. For these companies, adding a non-core duty like risk management leads to a higher likelihood of misstatement. Similarly, the impact of audit committee overload is stronger when the independent audit is performed during the busy season. This is consistent with auditor overload and audit committee overload jointly detracting from financial reporting reliability. Professor, final question. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the stock exchanges have regulatory responsibilities with respect to audit committees. Is there an existing stock exchange listing standard or an SEC rule or regulation that perhaps should be reconsidered in light of your research findings? Well, Jeff, when it comes to policymaking, things get a little more complicated because there are many factors to consider. The SEC does have some rules about audit committees. For example, they require members to be independent, 
and to review judgments and estimates, as well as interim financial statements. Stock exchanges also have additional rules about governance and audit committees. Audit committee oversight over financial risk management, which we particularly study in our research, is mandated by the New York Stock Exchange. Our study documents an unfavorable consequence of requiring such duties, such that investors might appeal to the New York Stock Exchange to reconsider this requirement. However, it's important to caveat that there might be benefits to assigning risk duties to the audit committee beyond financial reporting, which we, of course, do not study. But if I can expand on your question just a little more, when I consider what is going on at the SEC right now, there is a push for ESG reporting and possibly ESG assurance. While this may be a good thing for capital markets and investors, it may not be ideal to assign oversight of this to the audit committee. While our study doesn't speak specifically to ESG oversight, it does raise general awareness of audit committee overload and its potential negative consequences. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank our special guest, Professor Preeti Chowdhury of the University of Arizona Eller College of Management. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Jeff, J-E-F-F at C-I-I dot O-R-G. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.